Make my phone. I forgot the game was on tonight. Yeah, yeah, it is. Just like we are. <laughs> now, I totally forgot about the game, too. Mm-hmm. Make my funk funk. We're live. Wants to get wants to get funked up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the best two hours of your sports week. Welcome to another edition of Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle. We want to thank you for checking out us live on our YouTube channel. If you have not done so already, uh, do yourself a favor. Subscribe to our channel, youtube.com backslash dead end sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. More importantly, pass the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend that the boys are back on the air again. Of course, I will not be doing tonight's show alone. Got my man BZ430 in the building. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's good? Man? Chilling, chilling, man. Chilling. And my man Ken. Ken, what's crack-a-lacking? What up? What up? What up? Hey, I just want to say shout out to Swisher Sweet. That's why we need a chance to do the show last night. We were doing a video, um, two videos, actually. Well, one video with us and then another with Damon Tyrell. Uh, we thought we were going to be out in time to make the show last night, but unfortunately, we were not able to do so. So um, here we are. We just rolled it over another day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we want to thank everybody for checking us out and tuning in. Uh, more important, like I said, pass the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're right here every Tuesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. So like Ken said, we, we're combining both shows. So we're going to start off. Uh, you guys know Ken and B do a, a weekly fantasy football show. So they're going to give you a couple of fantasy nuggets before we get tonight's show started. And then we'll get into it like we do each and every week. So with that being said, Ken, I'm going to turn it over to you. You guys go ahead and kick it off. All right, so this will be a, a, an abbreviated version of the show. We typically like to get into some topics, uh, like a main topic on the show, and just really talk fantasy football just in general. So make sure you guys tune in um, every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. You know, there are plenty of shows out there that, that talk about the stats and the rankings and all the other stuff, and that's great. And we'll get into some of that, but that's not really what the show is about. Um, we're just two guys that play fantasy football and just like to sit and just talk about it. And that's it. You guys just like to come chop it up and just like to hear people talk about, um, you know, the, the game of fantasy football, then this is the show for you. Um, like I said, everybody else can give you all the information you need. There's plenty of stuff out there for you guys. Um, but anyway, just real quick, um, you know what? Since Kyle is on the show, Kyle, how was your, how was your fantasy football week, man? Um, the, week was, uh, the week was good because I had Julio Jones. <laughs> I had <laughs> Torres. Lopez Jones, uh, as I like to call him. Um, and a funny thing, and I, I didn't realize this until, uh, like, after the game had already started, was that I sat Matt Ryan. Just like, like in one of the – I'm in three dead-end sports leagues, and one of the leagues I went head-to-head with B, and it come to find out, B had Matt Ryan as his quarterback, too, and he sat Matt Ryan. So yeah, I beat B I by, beat like, that. three points. And that's the only reason why I beat him is because but, he sat Matt Ryan yeah, and played. I, I think Waters. I'm not too mad. Yeah, I'm not too mad because that was one. That was one where I forgot to set my. That was one I forgot to set my lineup. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying I forgot to look because it was two guys in there that I wanted to bench that I didn't mm-hmm. want to play that I wanted to change. So I eat that one. I I definitely eat that one. I mean, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really mad because it wasn't like I was sitting there thinking. Hmm, Blake Borders and Matt Ryan. Oh, let me play Blake Borders, and then I lose about three points because of that difference. Right. I eat that one. I definitely Would you have played Matt Ryan? 
Yeah, I would have. If I would have, if I would have Saturday afternoon, if I would have set my lineup Saturday afternoon, I would have definitely had Matt Ryan playing. That was one. I, I think I was so focused on the real NFL and uh, my any given Sunday, and I, I completely forgot about um, the NFL.com one. So yeah, that, I eat that one. I, I I get Kyle next time. Matter of fact, I'm playing I'm playing Kyle in uh in the ESPN Dead in Sports League. So this is my, yep, this is my yep. chance for redemption. I'm undefeated in that league. So. And I think me and Ken go head to head this week. So, yep. um, so yeah, it, it's and yeah. I, I got more bad news because Carson Palmer went down. So I'm trying to. He was my starter, so I'm trying to figure out where I'm gonna go with that. And I'm still Carson. having struggles with running backs. When if Carson Wentz is on the bench on the waiver wire, pick him up. If he's not okay. on the waiver wire, get um. Brian Hoyer. Wait, I'm playing you. Why am I telling you this? <laughs> um, <laughs> you got running backs. I don't have any. I don't have any running backs. I'm I'm, I'm about to put uh, uh, Jay Z out there running back. <laughs> so how did you, how else did you uh, do this week, B? Um, I went three and two. The league me and you played in, we lost by like one point, and then I lost yeah. by three points to Kyle. But that that's on me, B man. I I, I played the matchups. Um, Phillip Rivers versus New Orleans. You think that's going to be just? This is just a scoring, like a a, a, oh a free fall. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we lost Nothing the last interception he threw at the end of the game. Yep. Sure did. Yep. <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. But yeah, I went three and two. Uh, you know, my main league, uh, real NFL, which I'm I'm kicking ass in that league right now. I mean, I'm averaging like my team averaging like one thirty a week. And I'm I'm leading wow. I'm leading the league in points and I'm undefeated. So it's it's a well deserved undefeated record. Like it ain't like one of those first place that you like fourth in points, but you first place. No, I'm leading in everything. So that one, and then um, another league I'm in, I want I want in that one. I'm three and one in that league. So yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I think the only league I'm two leagues that I'm not really doing too well in is the NFL.com one and the one that me and you doing. That un- unfortunately that's crazy. But I think we'll win that one though. We'll we'll turn it around. Yeah, uh, we just had some bad luck. I think we had bad luck against some of the opponents we play, we played. Yeah. We could easily be well. We should at least be two and two. Right. I'll put it that way. But yeah, I got my what up though list. If you're ready. Oh yeah, just real quick. I went. Uh, well, I have 27 teams. Oh yeah, so yeah, I went, <laughs> yeah. I went 16 and 11 this week. Okay. Um, overall. Uh, Yahoo had a terrible week. I went eight and twelve. Uh, no, I went one and four uh, in that league. Uh, CBS, I killed it. I went seven and three, two and two in the NFL on the NFL uh, uh, league. And uh, ESPN, I went six and two. But yeah, um, Yahoo just had a, a terrible week. Um, but you know, I get a lot of people back, so um, so that's that. Uh, in the main league that I'm in with B, I'm three and one. That's really the one that that matters and of course in all the dead in sports league outside of the one on nfl.com on two and two on that one um and that's all i really wanted to do was go two and two because i get Gronk and brady back this week so we'll see how my team really 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 are um when, when you know with them back tyrod taylor wasn't doing crap and um and then the other leaves them three and one so um i only lost the b who's four and oh so i'm I, i'll i'll take that Cause I had a bad week, so he'll see me again. But um, but yeah, that's that. About the real NFL? No, 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 no. You beat me twice. It was a shootout in the real NFL. Yeah, you beat me twice this year, um, in in two of the leagues that we played. So I'm zero and two against you. 
I'm one of those against Kyle. I play Kyle this week, and uh, we'll see how that goes. And um, I rematch against Kyle. You know, that's it. But everybody else, man, I tried to tell y'all, you come from the king, you better not <laughs> A lot of y'all tried to play me, and y'all, y'all losing. Y'all better get yourself together. It's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long season. <laughs> Listen, yeah. anyway, what's your word up though, Liz B? All right, so of course, the obvious one I think the elephant in the room, what up though, definitely goes to Odell. I'm a crybaby. Let me take my ball home, Beckham. Um, two points. Uh, that's awful. Um, another one, I, hey, gotta, gotta, gotta get on my hometown, Matthew Stafford, seven points as, as a quarterback. Give me you seven Terrible. points who was starting a lot of leagues. Awful. Um, another one, Matt Forte is is he's starting to be in one of those. It was all good just a week ago, Ken. Um, only four points from Matt Forte after starting off strong. He's a candidate. Boy, speaking of your boy, uh, uh, Ken Chris Sims, only one point five points in probably most standard leagues. That that's that's bad. Um, Drew Brees only twelve points. You expect more? Like like Ken said earlier, you're going against San Diego Chargers. Both teams really have no defenses, so you think it's going to be a 35-35 shootout. But Drew Brees only end up end up with twelve points. Um, Latavius Murray, he's kind of he's kind of if you if you got Latavius Murray, you know the panic don't panic. You might want to start panicking because they already looking at uh, uh, Washington probably getting more of the carries. He only had two point four points. Um, Amari Cooper, speaking speaking of the uh, Oakland Raiders, another one uh, only four points. Uh, Sterling Shepard, three points out of him. A lot of people starting him. Uh, that wasn't looking too good. And then last but definitely not least. This could be another elephant in the room, but DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Some, depending on your scoring, he got anywhere between zero to 0. 0.4 points. That's for someone that was going late first round. So there you go. That's my what up though list for all my guys that stunk it up this week. All right. So uh, B just gave you the list of guys that were just absolutely crap this week. Um. The guy I have for the it was all good just a week ago list is not on B's list. Um, there were a lot that could have been on the list, but the per the person, the unit, the squad that made the it was all good just a week ago, uh, who get the award is the Kansas City defense. And B, I'm sure you know that last year, last week, they put up 35 points in Yahoo League. Depending on your score set, it could be higher or lower, but whatever it was, they had a great week. They sure did. This week, they put up negative point fifty. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah. Negative point five. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. Awesome. It was all good just a week ago. Good one. But <laughs> Man, that's a good one. Yeah. I completely forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, they got it. I was thinking it up. Yeah. Yeah. No eating for them. All right, so um, real quick, we're going to go down the panic. Don't panic. Um, and then we'll go ahead and jump into the, the meat and potatoes of the show. Um, like I said, we do – this is like an abbreviated version. Um, we typically go an hour uh, each Wednesday at 8 o'clock p.m. So uh, come tune in for that. We go into a little bit more detail about some of the stuff that we're talking about. So, anyway, obviously, uh, B just hit it right on the head with uh, when he led off with Odell Beckham Jr., Odell Beckham Jr. was going first or second uh, in in most leagues, in most drafts. And, I I mean, this is – in four weeks, he's been held under 10 points three times. Last week, 2.6 points. 
as B already said. So B, panic or don't panic on Odell Beckham Jr. You know what? I'm gonna surprise folks and say panic. Um, because if you want to show just some adversity, if you if you this is how you act against adversity in the NFL in a professional league, talking about it's not fun no more. I used to have fun. It's not <laughs> like my thing is this, man. Like, it's people out here that got way more adversity than you do, and you up here complaining just because you had a couple of bad games. Of you only having, you know, 20, 30 reception yards, you know, go talk to Jerry Rice, talk to T.O., talk to Randy Moss, talk to all the greats who've had a bad stretch of stats in the bad stretch where cornerbacks or defenses in general was getting the best of them. But guess what? They toughed it when it, when it, this is such an old school cliche, but look, when the goings get tough, the toughest get going. You just gotta, you gotta just fight through it, man, and don't be that dude that wanted, oh, let me take my ball and go home. That's some punk. That's some punk stuff, man. That's that's some really punk stuff. And if he's have that mentality just off of this, this is nothing. This is nothing. You're gonna have. Right. To, you're gonna this, in the professional league. You're gonna have stretches where you're gonna kind of not look as your usual self. You know what I'm saying? So just because you got this this tough stretch does not mean it's not fun anymore. Guess what? Suck it up and become the elite wide receiver that that we all seen you be and that you know you are. In, in this play, but if your mentality is like this over something, this is small. I'm sorry. This is really small for him to be pitching a fit like a little girl. So, I don't know, man. Ment- mentally, if you can't handle this in the NFL and the professional league, I might have to hit, hit the panic button. The reason why I hit the panic button, because I'm over here looking, how, who, what can I trade him for? I'm, I'm thinking about trying to trade Odell Beckham to someone <laughs> that I can probably get. I'm serious. So, I would say panic. I'm going to say panic. I know people going to be like, oh, man, but he's a elite receiver. No, nah, man, you cannot, you cannot be, you can't have your panties in a bunch like this. You know, before you went from having that one arm catch to being like the next superstar and you dancing and all that stuff. And now just because you got a little adversity, now you just want to take your ball and go home. Man up, man the hell up, man. Y'all young dudes got to man up. Just because y'all got some adversity, man, y'all, y'all acting soft right now, man. Well, not y'all, <laughs> y'all generation, but just <laughs> young players in general, man. It's, it's, Odell Beckham's not the only one. There's a lot of other there's Twinkie feeling dudes out there. If they get a little bit of adversity, they want to cry and whine and say it's not fun no more, man. Man up and play the damn game. You in a man's game, so act like a man. Yep, it's a man's league. Son. Um, I'm worried. I'm not panicking yet. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely worried about him because I, I have him on like one or two teams. But um, but his his, his mentality is is kind of is, I'm 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 this question. If if I'm a yeah. if I'm his teammate, I'm looking at him sideways. I'm sorry. I just I just yeah. plus there are other weapons on the team, Cruz and Shepard. Like he should be eating, but he's not. Right. So um anyway, I know we're gonna go talk about him a little bit more on the show. So uh, I'm gonna move right on to uh excuse me. Uh Matt Forte B. We have him. He had 28 points, three touchdowns, one Thursday night game, I think. And he's done nothing since. Blau Powell is starting to get more work. Uh, is it time for us to panic or don't panic? What are we going to do? Say it again. Mark, Matt Forte, are we panicking or are we not panicking? Because we got him. Oh, man, I want to. Powell, Powell, Powell's taking some catches. He's yeah, taking work for him, man. Is he, uh, is he getting – 
No, I'm not panicking on Forte. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like you know I'm worried. What you say about Odell Beckham? I'm wor- you worried? I'm worried with Forte. I'm not panicking yet. I'm definitely not panicking yet. All right. Definitely okay. All right. Odell Beckham's ass though. <laughs> um, Latavius Murray. I, look, I, I'll I'll just say I panicked. Um, but I've been reading the the, the, the writing was on the wall, um, and I dropped him. I needed two guys, and I had to drop him. B already said it. He's not getting the work. They're gonna start eventually. Get eventually DeAndre Washington is gonna take over that job, um, and I think he's just gonna be fantasy irrelevant. Um, 2.4 points for people that are somebody picked them up and I wish you luck. Um, but if you know anything about fantasy football, you paying attention to anything, then you would have known that you would have done better to pick up somebody else. But hey, who knows? Something could happen. He could get that job. Um, but for me, I panicked on Murray and I, I, I just I just don't need him. I can't rely. And he was a starter for me, but I don't need him. So I, I let him go. Uh, what about you, man? Panic or don't panic on Latavius Murray? What what's your owners do? Panic, like I said, I I really think, and I mean this has been going on since preseason. Uh, coaches are really impressed with um with this Washington guy, so they really feel with the enough touch, with the enough reps he get, he can be that dude for him. So, yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going with the panic. I'm hitting the panic button, fam. All right, cool. And the last person on the list. Um, got off on week one. I mean, he just set fantasy football off. And in the last three weeks, he's been held under 10 points. I'm talking about Brandon Cooks. B, is it time to panic on Brandon Cooks? Man, I don't know what's going on with that dude, man. Like, I guess for me, yes, I'm panicking a little bit because now I'm starting to bench him. I'm starting – I'm not even st- – I'm not even planning on playing him no more unless I have receivers in bye weeks, then I can just fill him in. But yeah, at this point now, he he's he's been he was from my every week starter. I don't know. But I think is Willie Sneed, is he in injury? Is he injured or something? Because if he's out He played last week, but uh-huh. his toe still hurt, but he played last week. But yeah. that whole offense was ineffective. Yeah, so I don't – you know what? I think Saints, they just in the funk just in general, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this win with, against San Diego on the road is going to kind of boost them. But as of right now, yeah, I might have to hit the panic because, like I said, I'm not even – I'm not starting them no more. I don't plan on starting them unless I got to fill them in for a bye, for a bye week. Wow. You're not starting Cooks anymore? Dang. I have them. I'm starting. I can kind of mess around. I can kind of mess around with my lineup a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because I drive Uh-oh. so good, you know. So <laughs> you got it, got it. <laughs> All right, man, that's gonna do it for Panic Don't Panic, man. Make sure you guys catch us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Um, we go a little bit more in depth about what we talked about tonight. Uh, we also have some additional segments as well. Um, so anyway, we're just gonna roll, go ahead and roll into the main show. Uh, so Kyle, it's on you, brother. All right, man. Um, well, like we were saying earlier, man, great, great coverage there on the fantasy football. Everybody who's playing, uh, good luck. I, I think one of the things that we're getting some feedback on, we get questions to our Dead End Sports account on uh, Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions throughout the day or anything like that about fantasy football, uh, either hit us up on Dead End Sports or hit Ken or B or myself. Um, one thing I see, <laughs> at least just on the peripheral every week, uh, cats forget that th- these Thursday night games are happening. 
so they forget to set their lineups. So that could be the difference between a win and a loss. So just kind of set yourself a reminder to check and see. And I know it's sometimes it's a burden. Check and see if you got somebody playing on Thursday night because you may not be watching the Thursday night game, but you may have somebody playing. And I saw a couple of cats complaining the other day the fact that they lost because somebody was playing on Thursday night and they didn't start. I think A.J. Green was playing Thursday night and they didn't start him or something like that. They ended up losing. So anyway, um, but as far as the a uh, lot of stuff happened this past week, um, we, we don't obviously have enough time to get to it all. We're going to try to get as much as we can, uh, talk a little NFL, college football, uh, NBA is in the news. The Major League Baseball playoffs are going on right now. We'll have more Major League coverage uh, next week. Um, but uh, get some NBA talk as training camps have started, as well as uh, preseason games last night. Uh, the Warriors, we're going to talk a little bit about them. Um, but let's start first with things that stood out to you this past weekend in college football and the NFL. B, I'll start first with you, man. What stood out to you? Oh, man. That, uh, what stood out to me is that how much, how good Matt Ryan is balling right now as a QB. <laughs> Um, and maybe I'm just looking at it as far as like fantasy football points, like he like leading, leading the league in like most fantasy football QB points. So it's just like, man, Matt Ryan's balling that, that offense seemed like they're really in sync with the Atlanta Falcons. That's kind of surprising. Um, another thing that stood out, what else stood out? What else stood out? Uh, snap. Wow. I'm drawing a blank. I mean, ain't, you know, uh, we always make the bad teams look good whenever we play them. So um, that's another thing. Lions <laughs> were bad. We're just we're just bad, man. Um, who else? Arizona, like Arizona, one and three. Like, what's up? Like, that's yeah, that was a good that's spot. I've been, I've been, yeah, I know. I've been riding for them for like the past three seasons, man. And and yeah, it's, it's not. We thought it was gonna be something when Larry Fitzgerald kind of turned back the youth clock or whatever. But man, I don't I don't know what's up with that and. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, and Odell Beckham just as far as his he letting his emotions get the best of him, and he want to take his ball and go home and just seeing professional athletes go a, cause a pissy a hissy fit over nothing. He's really not. He's not facing no adversity when it comes right. to playing football. So that's just I don't know. It just frustrates me. And then plus, just from someone that plays sports. It's like, man, get out of here. Like, you ain't even – man, I'm telling you, I would get in his head before the game even started. Dudes like him, I would eat for lunch on the, on the, on the, in the, ba- on the basketball court or whatever. If I, if I know you mentally weak, oh, I'm, I'm having fun with you. you, you it's going to be a long day for you. That's, that's like the things that stood out right there was just those three things. Ken, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what's going on with the uh, with the video, though. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I was asking because somebody said that they couldn't see us. I can see, and it's on my screen. It's saying you are presenting to everyone. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to fix it. Yeah, I can see. I can see. Um, I can. Can see you see me? No, nah, I can't turn it off. All right, so I can see. But yeah, on, no, I can... on the main video, there's it's just. I I got your profile picture up. Uh, let's see. <laughs> now they talk about net zero in the chat room. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, while I kind of work through that, I just go ahead and, and keep things rolling. 
Um, for me, man. Okay, you Ken, know, you, you're back up now. Yeah, but it should be auto switching to you though, and it's not doing that. Um, uh, I don't know why this this is is tripping. Um, maybe it'll 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 fix itself. But anyway, I'm gonna just switch to the dead. Yeah, mine still says I'm presenting to everyone. I don't know yeah, why I'm saying I, I'm presenting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I'll just switch to the dead end logo while, while I work on it. Because it wants to start working and it should auto start auto switching anyway. Um, but anyway, I think uh really, man, you know, we were texting back and forth about it was um was Louisville and Clemson. Yeah. And that game was really interesting. I think Clemson as a team won. I think they were in unique luck sometimes to win, but I think they um Louisville made two key mistakes in the first um, half that really just got Clemson back in the game. Because I thought Louisville was about to just beat the brakes out of them. Because um, Lamar Jackson and the coaches finally figured out that defense. He was mm-hmm. starting to work, man. And, and you know, when you start out with that much emotion and, and your sole purpose as a, def- as a defense, like, we're going to stop you, we're going to shut you down, and for a whole quarter, that's your soul goal. You're going hard. Like, you're putting everything into it. That's hard to sustain for four quarters. And then all of a sudden, on one play, he breaks you. And then he breaks you again. And then it starts to wear down on you. And eventually, he started breaking. But that center snapped the ball. Clemson got it, scored. There was another turnover. Clemson scored again. And then it looked like Clemson was going to run away with it. And um, they were leading by 18. Most of you that watched the game uh, know that. And then Lamar Jackson just took over. But the same thing that happened to Clemson happened to Louisville, where they started to get some turnovers. And Clemson turned the ball over, and Louisville was rolling. And it looked like Louisville was about to win that game. They went up. And then the kickoff happened. And Deshaun mm-hmm. uh, Watson put it away. And, um, and, man, I just – I was looking to see if I could find anything. I didn't uh, look the next day. But I just wanted to see what Quick was thinking, what, like how he felt by not fighting for that yard. Because I think he could have gotten first down if he would have just cut back inside and just put his shoulder down. Um, so I was really disappointed because I – at least – I mean, they stopped him on four downs, but I would have loved to see what would have happened. But, um, but overall, it was a great game. Lamar Jackson proved he was the real deal. Um, Clemson, you know, again, they're starting to get their mojo back. Um, they started out a little slow this season, but they're starting to get it together. And um, for all intents and purposes, they should went out from here. Um, I know a lot of people were hyped on Washington I, just because they beat down Stanford. I'm still waiting to see on Washington myself. I think Stanford, um, McCaffrey, man, like – if you guys watch the show, you guys know I was hype on him earlier this year, and he's been getting shut down. Um, but so I, I think it may be a wrap for him against. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I think in the NFL, the Vikings defense uh, on the main stage. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they did their thing. But more importantly, man, forget about the Vikings defense. We kind of had a feeling they were for real. Sam Bradford. Sam freaking Bradford. The guy that. Like, number one pick, just couldn't stay healthy. And we never knew what he could be. And, and look, he had, look, it's only four games. He hasn't made it through a whole season. But we saw what Peyton Manning did last year. We see what Trevor Simeon 
slash Paxton Lynch is doing this year with that defense and their ability to run the ball and move the ball up and down the field. And if, who knows what could happen. And, um, and Bradford, Bradford has the talent. He just has – and I think he may finally be in a system and with coaches that could help him, you know, uh, I don't want to say maximize. I don't think that's the right word. But they'll be able to, to definitely utilize and get enough out of him to at least make the playoffs. Um, so I thought that that was uh, that was definitely uh, interesting. I think uh, well, I think we're going to get into some of the other stuff later. So those are the two things that that um, that stood out to me off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we'll we'll touch on the Clemson and Louisville game. Um, that stood out obviously because I think that was probably one of the best games, probably probably the best game that we've seen all year. Um, but um, other things that stood out to me, like you mentioned, Ken, uh, the Vikings defense, uh, the Vikings just in general, man. I mean, it, we're, we're, we're a quarter of the way through the season, so I don't necessarily want to, uh, uh, you know, crown anybody just yet because there's a lot of football left to be played. Um, but you, if you go into the season and, and you t- would have told the Vikings that they would have been undefeated after having lost, you know, Bridgewater for the season – and then losing uh, Adrian Peterson for most of the season, as it seems, um, and they'd still be, you know, in first place and four and four and zero. Oh, I would have said you were crazy, um, but the Vikings look—they—they they look great. Um, what else stood out to me over the? Uh, obviously, Jones. Um, <laughs> I, I watched that game, and I mean, it was unreal. I mean, like. Julio Jones is one of those he, – he reminds me a lot of, of of Calvin Johnson, how he was when he was just at, at that dominant point in his career. And, I mean, like, there was – I don't know what made the Carolina Panthers decide to play him one-on-one, which is crazy, because at no point should anybody play one. But um, he lit him up. He lit him up. And, and, and you know, I've you guys know I'm a huge critic of – uh, Matthew Edward Ryan, and he played well. I mean, he threw for five, a franchise record 500 yards. Julio Jones had a franchise record 300 yards. Um, you know, if the Falcons are for real, we'll find out soon because they play uh, – they're at Denver this coming weekend, and then the following weekend they go to Seattle. So if they can get two wins in the next two weeks, then, you know, they might they may be for real. Um, other than that, I move with cautious, <laughs> cautious optimism. Um, what else stood out to me over the weekend? Um, man, um, Charlie Strong. Um, mm. I can't, I know you pro brother. Um, it ain't looking good for brother, man. Uh, here's a couple of things that really stand out to me. Um, there's already people in the Longhorns, uh, brass that are saying, you know, he gets the vote of confidence. Anytime you hear something about a coach getting a vote of confidence, he's usually about to get fired. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw Texas, but Texas looks so bad. And then there was a report that came out that, you know, he wouldn't be fired during the season or what have you. Mm-hmm. All eyes are on Tom Herman, who's the uh, Tom Harmon. Um, Herman, Herman or Harmon? I can't remember which is Herman or Harmon. Um, the head coach at Houston, who's the hot candidate. Uh, then you've got Les Miles out there. I don't think Les Miles is going to go to Texas. 
But if Texas gets rid of Charlie Strong, it's going to be another big name. Um, and uh, But it, it doesn't look good. And given the fact that they've got the Red River shootout this coming weekend, huge game versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma's ranked, I think, 22nd or something like that. Um, it don't look good for Charlie Strong. It does not look good for Charlie Strong at all. Um, and I don't know. I And it's the athletes are there. It's just – they haven't been able to put it together. So, um, <laughs> Charlie Strong, if you're watching, you guys, but you better get some wins because uh, the the buzzards are circling. And you know when they start talking about buyouts and all this stuff, when you start hearing those kind of rumors, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. So, um, hope hopefully things will work out for him as well. Um, but yeah, those are a couple of things that stood out to me, man. Um, over the weekend. Uh, now, we mentioned, we just briefly touched on it. We can go back to it. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., you guys talked about him during the fantasy. Um, he had another meltdown on Monday night. Uh, he was, you know, we saw him last week get beat up by a kicking net. Um, Ken, is, <laughs> is he a distraction? And if you were the coach, how would you handle him? He is a distraction. Um they're gonna have to talk to him, man. I mean, they're gonna have to give him that that you know that that man to man talk. And I don't know if it'll, it'll work, but I think it's a situation where um, he kind of became a star too fast, and um, he plays with a lot of emotion. Um, we all heralded him, heralded him as a superstar. And, you know, it, a lot of it was, I mean, he, the dude can flat out ball, but he hasn't been producing. Mm-hmm. And he lets people get in his head. He's kind of like Des Bryant a little bit. Um, but I definitely think. Is he, is he, is he Des Bryant or T.O. or worse? Wow. <laughs> you know what, man? I, I honestly think he may be in his own category. You're, you're, you're hitting nets and nets are beating you up. Like, um, you're crying allegedly on the, on the sideline. He, he was crying. I, I, it was sweat, Kyle. I think it was sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, his eyeballs are sweating. Um, you, you, you know, you're doing all of these things that that isn't leading to production on the field. And at this point, you know, I'm looking at this team, I'm looking at him, I'm like, and I'm wondering how long are they going to put up with that? Because we have a history of where organizations don't put up with that. Randy Moss, they ran him out of town. Um, mm-hmm. Yo, they ran him up out of town. Um, they haven't ran Des Bryant out of town yet, but, you know, Des Bryant managed to convince everybody he was just a passionate player. But Odell Beckham just – I mean, it, it, he his he had the same type of play on the field that he did again in, in the classic Josh Norman Odell Beckham matchup from last mm-hmm. year. He was running up, mashing receivers uh, far, way beyond the five yard line. You know, I know he got hit out of bounds, but then he retaliated, and then the next play he retaliated again. He could have got kicked out. He's dropping like footballs. So not only that, you can't even make up for it on the field. And I think that's the right. It's like if you're Eli, you're the coach McAdoo, and I don't think McAdoo can control him. You know, if you're if, if you're Eli or McAdoo, what are you gonna like? Yo, man, just make up for it on the field. 
Because the best way to shut somebody up is to beat them. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's just that simple. And and look, if, if Xavier Rose is good, man, he, he got him. But if you're as good as you are, then you can get him back. We saw uh, Brandon Marshall got um, Richard Sherman this weekend. Richard Sherman got him back. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, you have those type of battles, man. Like, there were moments in, in, in the uh, game last year where Norman was getting the best of um, of Odell Beckham, and Odell Beckham scored the game-time touchdown on him. I think it was game-time. It may have been game-winning. Um, so you want to see those epic battles, but keep it to that. Like, let's see the mm-hmm. plays. And I like the bravado. I like the talking. You know, we can't complain about them being overly exuberant, but then, you know, we're complaining like there's not enough talking and competitiveness in the sport. But I think when you take it this far, it takes it beyond the game. And I think that for Odell Beckham, he kind of needs to try to keep it on the game itself and let his play do – he can still talk. I like the talking, but kind of keep the theatrics to a minimal, bro. Because now that's all people are looking at you for is theatrics and 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 fucking in in I mean sorry in hot tubs dancing or whatever <laughs> the dudes popping up out of nowhere. Singing sexual healing. Is that what it was? He was singing sexual healing. Yeah. Oh, oh boy, you fool! You stupid. <laughs> what about you, B? Um. Action, man, and how would you how would you handle it if you're uh, Bob McAdoo? Uh, or Ben McAdoo? I don't know why I call him Bob. I um I don't know if he's close to Mike Singletary or not, but I I call Mike Singletary and, and fly him up to have a have a sit down, <laughs> a sit down man-to-man conversation with Odell Beckham. Like either that or or another. I was about to say Mike Irvin. I said no, we don't want Mike Irvin to talk to him. Yeah, I would have Mike Singletary sit down and talk to him, man, because he'd give him a heart-to-heart, man-to-man conversation that he have, he has to have, you know what I'm saying, to be, because, yeah, his, his, his attitude and how he's acting right now is, like, unacceptable, in my opinion, you know, as, as a man and they playing a man's league, you cannot act like this. If he was a high school player, maybe college, it would be like, okay, well, yeah, he's young, he's, you know, 18, 19, whatever, whatever, but, dude, you're in a man's league now, dog, all that stuff, Put put the women and children to bed. Go out there and get the get get them coins and make that money. Do do use your talents, whatever. Don't cry and and and, and just go and tuck tuck your tail in the run just because you have a small adversity, which I don't see. I don't really consider it adversity. It's just a you're just going through a bad stretch right now. You're not starting the season off really well, which I think he can turn around because he's talented enough to turn around. So I would just get someone. I don't know if they got someone in that locker room. You know, kind of old school and just. Sit him down and talk to him, man. Cause yeah, this this if this if this keeps up, he's gonna be a flash in the pan receiver. He is gonna be going from one of the biggest stars one year to like now. Instead, of it was all good just a week ago. He'd be like, it was all good just a year ago type of player. So yeah, that's what I do. Someone need to someone need to sit down, man, and man, talk to him. Because for him to have an attitude to say it's not fun no more just because things not going your way, I don't like that. I don't like that sign at all. I don't right. Like I don't like that. I know you don't like it. I, I know you wouldn't like it, Kyle, if you was playing sports with someone. This was no, someone I, I don't, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ken, you know, if you but, want to battle with somebody, you wouldn't like that either. So, yeah, someone need to check them. Someone need to. I, I don't know if 
I hope someone has checked them in the locker room a couple of times because they need to. And they can't just sit there and just let him keep acting like this. You know what, man? You, you make a great point. And you know from playing basketball, I mean, how many times you've been on the court and you start – and a guy maybe maybe not even – maybe he starts talking to you and you say something and he gets – and you, you get in his head and you get out of – you get him out of his game. You make him just self-check. You know, he's right. dropping passes or missing shots or stuff like that. Um, and I, I think that's going to be the – that's the, the book on Odell at this point is that yep. he can't – I don't know what guys are saying to him on the field. But, you know, you can't let any – I don't care what sport you play. You can play lacrosse. It doesn't matter. You can't let people talk you out of your game. And he's too good of a player. Like Ken mentioned earlier at the top of the show, you know, this is a guy that was coming off first on, on most people's fantasy drafts board. So if people were expecting him to have a huge year. And he wants to be known for something more than, you know, that one-handed catch. And he's got a long career ahead of him. But, you know, one thing that we do know, and we've seen it from greats like T.O., and Randy Moss, teams will put up with that kind of stuff up until the time, as long as you can produce. But once you start falling off, then they, they say you're not worth the headache. And the thing is, man, I just personally, now, I'll, I'll be honest, I played the position in high school and college. And, and I'm not even going to sit here and tell you that I'm on, I was on anywhere near his level. But, like, I was just taught differently. Like, you were just taught you make a catch. You don't talk trash. You give the ball to the referee and you go about your – you just handle it like business. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll say this much. That's the way that I was taught, so that's the way I look at the game. So I look at guys like Larry Fitzgerald. And I don't knock anybody that celebrates and dances or whatever like that because that's cool. That's fine. But you have to keep it all in proper perspective. I love what Antonio Brown does, but Antonio Brown is the best receiver in the game. But you won't hear him complaining and bitching and moaning after the game if, he, if they lose. Um, and I, you know, my, my last point about Odell Beckham Jr., he might want to take a look at Julio Jones. We all saw the Monday night game. Julio Jones had one catch on Monday night versus the Saints. Mm -hmm. Did you hear anything about Julio Jones complaining? He didn't say a word. Julio Jones comes back the following week, 12 catches, 300 yards, franchise record. They wanted Julio Jones in the postgame to come and do a press conference. Julio Jones said, no, nah, I'm not doing a press conference. We can do the interviews right here at my, at my, at my, um, my locker. That's what we've always done. He's like, it's not about me. It's about this team. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy that's about the team. And so my thing is, Odell Beckham Jr., are you mad because you're not having success? Or are you mad because the Giants aren't having success? You know, all of this, it's not fun anymore. Well, hey, man, go work a nine to five like the rest of us. Nobody, you're not going to get paid $1.5 million, you know, to, go, to come show up at work on Monday. I mean, if you, if you have that kind of job working a nine to five, please let me know so I can apply as well. <laughs> but um, but it's just you have to keep everything in proper perspective because it's a privilege to play in the NFL and you got to remember the nature of the business you know you're, you're only one play away from it all being over you can be a diva one week and the next week you could be sitting around with a, with a torn ACL or a torn Achilles Keenan and Allen. talking about yeah exactly not know, a diva like but yeah. yeah yeah but I mean it's 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 just like that. It happens so fast. We see guys, we see, we're seeing guys drop every week. So, you know, you're one play away. So, Odell, get, get your mind right. Um, hey, they want to know what's your uh, end zone celebration, Kyle. <laughs> uh, you know what, man? I didn't have one. I'm going to be honest. My, and the reason being is that my dad was my coach when I was in Little League. So, he wasn't uh, – <laughs> 
he just said, hey, give the ball to the ref. Now, I did spike the ball one time. I got a flag. And, um, you know, he so was on the tips of roll. Nah, nah, nah. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a, hey, 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 Ken, I, I scored one time in high school, and I started doing the, the gun salute. Man, my, man, my pops, he was about to come out the stands and choke me, man. He was like, he said, hey, man, don't do that again. Don't do that again. So, nah, I, I wasn't one of those dudes to dance. Plus, I'm small, man. So, you know, big dudes don't like it when little dudes show them up. So, you know, my my job was to catch the ball, get down, and get out of bounds. I wasn't trying to get hit. So, but, um, but nah, it's, you know, like I said, it's it's fun. I have no problem with it. But when you were having temper tantrums on the sideline, you know, that's that's going too far. I, I got no problem with anybody having passion. That's what you should have. It's a, it's a child's game, and they get played – child's game but at the same time you got to be smart about it man. and you're hurting your team and the fact that you know people have to answer questions about you and your behavior that says all that you need to say right there and I, I agree with B it's you know hopefully there's some veterans in that giant locker room that can pull him to the side and pull his coattail because you're not bigger than the game we all know that um, as, far, <clears throat> as far as quarterbacks uh, two superstar quarterbacks uh, are struggling right now Andrew Luck and Cam Newton. Um, let's start with Andrew Luck. B, what, what's wrong with Andrew Luck, man? Man, I, I'm. I, I think I'm starting to eat my words because the year before last, when he had that, the season when he went to the AFC Championship game, I remember vividly. Me and FIFA was like, okay, this is this is going to be like the this is going to be the passing of the torch from the Mannings, the Brady's, the Breeze, and Rogers to Andrew Luck. So then last year, he kind of had a so-so, not-so-good year. So it's like, okay, well, he had a bad year. He probably bounced back. But now, the way he's starting off this season, starting to think that maybe he might get tagged. That he might, I might start to push that over that overrated tag on him, man. Cause, <laughs> I don't know, because, yeah, he's, he's, if, he, if he keep going at this pace, and let's say the Colts don't make the playoffs, I might, I might, I might stand. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna still wait to this season and see what he do. It's still, it's still a lot of football left. Still a lot of football left. But yeah, man, I think I'm starting to eat my own words because, like I said, after that AFC Championship run, he did with pretty much no defense and not many, you know, great, great weapons. I don't know. Okay, this, this mm-hmm. might be the next dude right here. But uh, I mean, I admit when I'm wrong, but when I gotta eat my words, and I think I'm almost about to eat my words now. And and saying, oh, I don't know, Luck. I, I think I might put that over that over um, overrated tag on you. And you said Cam Newton? Yeah, Cam. What, what, what's wrong with Cam? Yeah, this is – and see, this is one of the things that's crazy just about the NFL sometimes that I like is that it's so unpredictable. Like, you can have – NFL is damn near the only sport I can think of that you can have a dream season one year – and literally the next year mm-hmm. have a nightmare season or or the other way around. You can have a nightmare season one year and then next year you guys are making the run and you might make a run to the to the conference championship game or to the Super Bowl. Like that's how crazy the NFL is, man. That's why I love it because it's so unpredictable. But yeah, I think it's just Cam Newton, I don't know if he's still high or whatever from the Super Bowl appearance. Is 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 the media kind of getting to him? If he you know, it, you know I'm sorry, not Cam Newton. Uh, as a Ken would say, Toby Newton. I don't know if Toby. <laughs> you know, if, if the Toby Newton, you know, facade is getting to him a little bit now, and he's not, he's not in the funk because when he was like, "Hey, I'm a black quarterback, and I'm black this, I'm black that," 
and I'm against, you know, I'm against everybody else. He seemed to be balling. He was dabbing. He was smiling. I even noticed Cam Newton is not even like smiling. He don't even look happy. Something, something just not right. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on personal that's like really eating him up or something. I don't know what's going on in his personal life, but I don't know. Yeah, something just not right, man. He just he doesn't seem. We have I have not seen Cam Newton smile yet this season. You know I haven't. So you know it's it's I don't know. What, I can't really say with Cam, but with Andrew Luck, I'm tempted to push that overrated button over him, man. If he keeps this up this season. I'm gonna be like, hey, FIFO, you on your own, bro. He's overrated. <laughs> before I, before I throw it to Cam, real quick, do you think Luck and Cam can turn it around? I mean, we're only a quarter of a way through the season. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's a lot. We see. I mean, we we've all seen this before, man. It's teams might start off a little funky, and then you know, by the time you know, late October, early November, cut kick around, teams teams start getting in stride at the right time of the year, you know. That happened. You know what I'm saying? So it's still some football left to see these guys turn around. I, I think they can. I mean, I don't see why not. If they're supposed to be elite quarterbacks in the league, why can't they turn it around? So, yeah, I, I think they can. Now, the question is, will they turn it around? You know, we just don't know. Right, but right. <laughs> I, think I think they're definitely capable of turning it around, and then they can, you know, make us look foolish by saying, hey, they look crap now, but then they might look elite. You know, by the time November, December come around. So we'll we find out. We'll see. Ken, what about you, man? Uh, first, Luck and then Cam. Man, what's, what's wrong with Andrew Luck? No protection. I, I, I'm not going to jump on the – and I know you're not there yet, but B, you're kind of – you're watching. You know, you're on the, like the, the edge of it. Um, your radar is up. Your spidey sense is, is tingling. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I just think it's lack of protection. Um, probably not comfortable um, from the beating he took last year. He was hurt last year. I think we can kind of give him a little bit of a pass um, if you want to. If you don't want to, you don't have to, um, especially if you're like Kewen has been claiming that he was overrated um, since he stepped on the football field. Kewen, um Skip Bayless. Q Bayless. Um <laughs> For me, I think that it's, it's lack of protection, kind of similar to the same thing that Peyton went through, but I think we now see how great Peyton was because he was able to overcome a lot of that, the lack of the defense. Right. I think they always had an offensive line uh, for Peyton, right? When he was there, they just didn't have much of a defense. Right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Bob but Sanders, Bob Sanders and um... – Dwight Freeney, I think, was like the only defensive yeah. guys that they really had. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, um, they got a they, I think the well, the obviously the year that they won the Super Bowl, they had a really good defense. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think he just everybody knows he he needs protection. He has weapons. I think they need a younger running back and another running back, but Frank Gore is efficient. He's kind of balling a little bit, Frank Gore. As he can be at the age, yeah. Man, I, I forgot. I, I did. I I didn't know Frank Gore was still in the league. Yeah, I mean he's being as productive as he can, but I think they could get younger there. But really, they need to show up the offensive line and keep the guy upright. Um, probably need better coaching from the offensive standpoint instead of trying to take deep shots. So I think there's some, there's some things that need to be corrected because they have he has all the talent in the world, but I think there may be a need for coaching. You know, and, and look, if Bill Belichick can go out and win games with Jimmy Garoppolo and and one with Jacoby Brissett, we can see that coaching is uh, is 
factor in the success of some of these players. Um, so I think that, and I saw people say in, in the comment session, Ursay and 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 the GM, they they are a problem. So uh, so I I, I want to look there before I say the guy is is overrated. I see other issues um, offensively for them, and I don't think it's solely on Andrew Luck. You can't throw the ball if you're on the ground. Um, with Cam Newton, let me give you two answers. I'm gonna okay. give you my answer, and then I'm gonna give you the football answer. Um, first of all, my answer is is this, um, and I think B said it when he was black, and he had <laughs> black. The brother had no, he didn't have like there was a, t- a point in time when they, you know, I think it was two years ago when they were terrible. And and then eventually they won seven seven games and uh, had a great great year going to the playoffs and then of course we all know what happened last year but he's he's always and, and, and I know people are like man you're absolutely ridiculous but when he didn't have to deal with identity issues off the field and he can just go on the field and play football and deal with small little issues off the field like the letter or you know, his dancing and stuff like that. That's different. But when all this other extra stuff came in and they brought this guy in to, to teach him how to talk about race, um, you know, they struggled. Now, granted, Jonathan Stewart, this is part of the football answer, has been hurt. Fuzzy Whitaker is not it. Cameron Artis Payne is not it. Um, you can argue that Funches and uh, Ginn are not it. But offensively, they haven't looked good. They rely on Cam Newton uh, way too much to run the ball. They run him way too much. When you got a guy like Jonathan Stewart there, um, they could give him the ball. So I think they could be creatively a little bit um, better on the field uh, from a coaching perspective. And I think they still have time to turn around. But I also think that, and it's still part of the football answer, that they miss Josh Norman. We all know, and everybody said it last year, that defense was a big part of what they were doing. Cam Newton – help take it to the undefeated levels. The defense got stopped. Mm-hmm. Cam was being Cam, doing what he did with the lack of weapons that were there. You have weapons and you still can't get it done because you're not stopping anybody. Ain't no way in hell you should let Julio Jones catch 300, get 300 receiving yards. It shouldn't happen. Triple teaming. But they did. And he was running wild. And you saw and they can say whatever they want. They know that not having Josh Norman there and you're playing two young corners is an issue because he made them look like young corners. Um, And Josh Norman, for those of you that know and follow the sport, has pretty much played Julio Jones really, really well in the years that they played and matched up against each other. Um, This is statistically verified. Um, But, you know, there's this thing about – as, as, as a black man living through the lens of other people, this double consciousness. And it's kind of like what he's doing because on one hand, he has the, the African-American community looking at him, you know, side eyes, side And then the other hand, he has everybody else is like, nah, man, you, you're doing the right thing. And he's trying, I don't know if he can find a quite a, a good balance. So I think Cam Newton should just get back to being who he is. As soon as he retired the dance, we should have known he was a drunk. Something was wrong. 
<laughs> he said, I'm not dabbing anymore. We should have known something was up. Right. Cam has fun. And he's a front runner. But when, when Cam's not having fun, he has to deal with too much stuff. This is what you get. But Cam, Cam, Cam will be all right, man. I think he just needs to get back to just being who he is. But I got to tell you this. The person that knocked Cam Newton out of the game did that for all of the people that have been <laughs> for the four weeks because yep. he put a wallop on yeah, <laughs> He put a wallop on him. He was like, okay, all lives matter, huh? What? <laughs> Cam just fell over the line. I don't even think he just, he just happened to be sit, sits and just fell over the line, just right. fell all over. But, um, but I think they'll be all right. They got some uh, – more in, in a series because they, they got some issues on the field they need to work on in terms of offensively and de- defensively. There are their issues. Cam obviously has to play better, but he needs to mentally get himself together and, um, and just play ball, man. Be who you are and play ball because right now you're not being the Cam Newton. We all have seen in the years that you've been in the NFL and in college. Mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. I think um, as far as luck, uh, I watched um, the and they, they did it again. And I think there's going to be another game later on this year. Um, this past Sunday's game with uh, the Colts and Jaguars was live from uh, London. And um, I watched the game. It was hard to watch that game. Um, it, it was in luck. He just, he doesn't look comfortable and he looks like he's pressing. And I think part of it could be because of the contract that he has um, being the highest paid quarterback in the league, highest paid player in the NFL. Um, and, you know, there's no, you know, the receivers have kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, like you said, the, the running game isn't there. You know, having an old um, Frank Gore who's still in the league. Um, and somebody made a good point, hit us up on Twitter. Um, you know, the my man, uh, Black Hippie, 408, he said that the front office is failing him and the team. And I think that's true. I mean, the fact that you have a quarterback of Andrew Luck's caliber, or at least the caliber we perceive that he is, and you can't get a running back to rush for 100 yards, I think that's only happened once and once or twice in his career. That's crazy to me. So, you know, it's – there's levels to it. And I think the, uh, the front office just assumed that, hey, if we show up, we should at least – at the very least win the AFC South, and it's not that simple. Um, Obviously, that road is a little bit easier with J.J. Watt being hurt in, in Houston. But, you know, this team is bad. And, and if they don't right the ship quickly, this season is going to be in the tank. Um, as far as Cam, uh, I, think, I think there's a level of Cam trying to please everybody. And he can't please everybody. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, regardless of how I feel about the All Lives Matter statement that he made, um, football and I know it's, it's been a lot and you know everything that happened in Charlotte and the whole nine um, he probably wants to get rid of those post game outfits because uh, he looked you know you look you look really crazy when you come out there looking like Mr. Peanut in the post game but in the pregame you got on an MLK t-shirt you know stop trying to be something that just be who you are and, and to be honest I don't even know if that's who Cam is but just play ball man play ball speak your mind people don't be a puppet don't let people tell you what to say or what to do um when it comes to the field i agree with ken no he's being and obviously with stewart being hurt 
they're asking him to do more as far as running the ball. But you know when, when Cam is off, all of his throws are high. All of them are high. And I knew from, like, his first two passes on Sunday, his throws were high. Like, it's going to be a long day for Cam. And the Falcons weren't even getting any pressure on him at the time. And, you know, the hit that he took from Deion Jones, I mean, bro, you got to get in the end zone. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but like Ken said, you know, he put a he put a popping on him. And so it's, you know, Cam did not practice today. They don't know if he's going to be out of concussion protocol by the time Monday night rolls around when they play. You know, I'll let you in on a little secret. Uh, they play Tampa Bay on Monday night. The loser of that game will fall to one and four. So this is a game that could probably decide the season for Carolina. And they're looking at going into this game without their best play on the field in and of itself. So, you know, we'll see if he's going to play right now. It doesn't look like he will. Um, but he's got it. Whenever he gets back on the field, he's got to get it together and lead. And um, just be yourself, man. Like Ken said, you, I, he, like B said, he's not smiling. He's not having a good time. And um, you, you got to get your mind right. You, you got to go all out because, you know, you blink and the season could be over. Um, let's jump it over to the NBA. Uh, <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers, number one draft pick, Mr. All-World, Ben Simmons. Uh, we found out that Ben Simmons broke a bone in his foot and needed surgery. Um, the initial reports that came out that said that he would be out for three months. Uh, now there's rumors circulating around that his agent may possibly keep him from playing this season. Uh, if you don't know, his agent is the super agent, uh, Rich Paul, who's also the agent of one LeBron James. Ken, do you think Ben Simmons is going to play this season? Well, so I talked to Q via text about this because I actually uh, drafted Ben Simmons in, in, in a uh, fantasy basketball league. And I wanted to know if I needed to hold on to him. He thinks that Ben Simmons isn't going to play this year. And I would be disappointed if he didn't. I mean, I understand the business decision behind it. Um, man, I'm, I'm tired of them drafting players and not and, and, and them not playing. I'm, I, I want to see Ben Simmons play because I, I would like to know how he stacks up against, you know, NBA talent. We've seen what he did in the summer league. We see the the talent that he has um, when he plays in terms of vision, uh, in terms of all around game. You know, I, I want to see him play, and I want to see him play this year. I don't want to see him. I don't want to wait another year. You know, I, I might not be here. No, I shouldn't say that. But, um, but no, I want to see the guy play. I've been waiting to see this guy play, and mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that you know somebody from the seventy sixers organization. Went and hit that man's uh, foot with a hammer so he wouldn't play this year. That's what it <laughs> seems like. they just sabotaging these guys, man. It really seems like the Philly organization is cursed. It's like the process has become a curse for the organization. And I know they have, like, all of this ta talent. Sarek, uh, or whatever you say his name, is here now. Um, and, and he, you know, he looks good. A lot of good things about him. Um, and B, that shot he hit in the limited amount of minutes he played last year with that fadeaway. Like, good to see that. Noel's. Um, the other guy, God, I, 
what is his name? Okafor. Um, um, Okafor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to see, like, we didn't see Noel's for a year. We didn't see Embiid for, what, a year? I want to see him play, and I think he should play. I think he should play. Um, because if something happened, at least you can go ahead and, uh, you, and I understand the risk because uh, what Q was saying is that this is the same injury that KD had and he came back too early and then he had to have surgery. So I understand it's, it's a tough injury to have, but I would like to see him play in terms of will we see him play? If they're leaking that, knowing the Philly organization and what they've done with guys in the past, I don't think I, mm. I, I think the I think the chances are slim, and I think it's, I think it'll do us all a disservice um, in that. Now, granted, we will have we will have him over the long term, and if you want to play the long term game, great. But mm-hmm. this guy has been the guy that's been talked about since college began last year, or, and now he's gone. You know, it's like LeBron, you know, coming in the league, having a, a, a fracture, and then, you know, he sits out. We didn't get a chance to see that. So, I don't know, man, but I, knowing them, man, and knowing Rich Paul, they, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to shelve him. They're going to shelve him. No doubt. No doubt. What, what about you, B? Yeah. Man. man, do you think he's going to play this season? No, I don't think he's going to play. I mean, I think you. You know, with injuries like that, you don't want you don't want him to be to go down as a Grant Hill before Grant Hill. You know, you don't want this to mm-hmm. be a, ling- a lingering injury where he he might try to come back in in February or March, and then guess what? He damaged it. He's out for eight months. You know, this is like, you know, you don't want this to kind of linger. If 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 it co- if this is the smart move to sit him out for this season, look, make sure everything is straight, everything is a hundred percent. Come back next year, ready to play. They probably won't get another high draft pick anyway, so then that can just be add more pieces to to that core group of guys, man. With you know, with him and the Okafor, you know, add you a, a a shooting guard or a small forward or something like that, man. They they have that Sixers will be ready. But yeah, just on the safe side, he's young. You wanna this is this is longevity here. You don't want this to keep lingering every single season. And then by the fifth year, he's like, well, Ben Simmons only played a total of 30, 32 games. You know, like. You don't want to. You don't want to be having that conversation four or five seasons from now. So you, if you if it if it's for you to have him have a longevity career, sit him out this year, and just better safe than sorry. You know that, that. I mean, that's how I look at it. You don't. You, you never know how this can linger him, and he might not be the same. Whenever. Just let him come back 100, percent so we can see the Ben Simmons that we think we're gonna see. You know, whenever once he make his official debut in the NBA. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I, I as much as I want to see him play this year, I don't know if he. I think if I think teams respect Mitch Paul, so like the way that he does business or how he handles his clients or how his clients interact with ownership. Um, but I think ultimately they're going to err on the side of caution. I think the thing that kind of throws a monkey wrench in the plans is because Philadelphia has been waiting and waiting and waiting and tanking and tanking and tanking <laughs> to get to this point. And so they, they still, you know, you, you got to remember what Philadelphia has. They've got Embiid. They've got Okafor. They've got a fade. I forgot his name. Um, Noel. Noel, yeah. 
But they so, might trade him, though. I think he might end up getting traded. Right, exactly. And then you got Simmons. So they've got all of these big men. And, you know, they. I think Philly wanted to get an idea of what they had before they started figuring out, okay, who they're going to move and see how well these – obviously obviously they're not going to keep everybody. We already know that. So I think the thing is, is trying to figure out who can you keep, who fits what it is that you're trying to do and everything like that. I heard Embiid look really good last night in limited minutes. Um, and so that pushes the franchise back. So there's an eagerness to get him on the court. Then there's also the apprehension because you don't want to necessarily rush him back if he's – because let's just keep it real. Philadelphia's not going to be playing for a playoff spot. So, you know, not this season at least. Um, so, you know, what's – so you have to ask yourself, what's the, what's the purpose of it? Um, I – the fact that I don't think he's going to play. And I think if they would rather – him, you know, take his time as far as coming back as opposed to rushing back and then something happens. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, but it's going to be interesting, man. This, this is a, an interesting case. And um, and I think Q made a point in our chat room on YouTube.com backslash dead in sports. Uh, this is the same injury that Kevin Durant had. And Kevin Durant had the same injury, same foot surgery. And I mean, Kevin Durant just went through uh, – free agency and you know nobody mentioned anything about his foot and he seems to be relatively healthy so we'll see and i mean obviously they're different style players different style bodies or whatever but um yeah we'll see man it's gonna be interesting um as far as the nba we got our first glimpse or one of our first glimpses at the new look uh golden state warriors last night um I think I looked up and the score was they were playing the Clippers. And I know it's preseason, but I looked up and the score was 71 to 33. And that was in the first half. Um, man, they looked unreal. And I mean, we knew Golden State was going to be a problem, but they really look like they're going to be a problem. Um, B, it's early. We can do a little projection here. How many wins do you think this team is going to have? Um, I think they're going to have anywhere between 62, maybe 65. I really think this season they're going to kind of pace themselves. Um, I don't think they, I don't think they're going to care. They ain't going to try to break no records. They ain't trying to go for mm-hmm. seven, five wins or whatever like that. I think, and, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them play, you know, anywhere around that range of 34 to 35 minutes or under 35 minutes, you know. So, yeah, I think they're going to try to do a Greg Pop and kind of like keep players, a lot of their star guys, as fresh as possible, especially going to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I think they'll they'll probably get that one seed locked up. Um, Like I said, with 63, anywhere between 62 and 65 wins, I can see them definitely getting that um, with 65 being the most. But, yeah, I – I'm predicting that between 62, 65 wins. I think I'm predicting them to get that because I really think this season they're going to pace themselves. Just coming off last year, and they didn't really make it as an excuse, but you can tell, even going to playoffs, that they just seemed a little burnt out. Just a mm-hmm. little, you know what I'm saying? Especially getting all the way to the finals too. But um, yeah, I, I think this season is going to be different. They're going to definitely, definitely pace themselves. And try to watch their minutes. I think Steve Kerr and, and, and the coaching staff will kind of watch all of their minutes because you want to get those guys as fresh and healthy as possible going into the playoffs. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's what we that's what I'm expecting to see from Golden State this season. To see him last night at all? No, I just saw the scores and I was like, okay. I think the I think the <laughs> the final score was like 121 to 75 or 71 or something like right. that. Right, crazy. I was like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, like you said, it's preseason. You know, it's you know. I think the first thing I said when I saw that score, I was like, why are the Warriors beating the Clippers by 50 something? <laughs> Clippers. It wasn't like it was. It wasn't like it was like Utah or like somebody else down a low base. This is the freaking Clippers. So I don't. And I didn't watch it because I don't know how much of you know the starting lineup the Clippers played or not. You know, dude, they, they, they played. Them. They played thirty in like twenty-one minutes. Who? Clay yeah. Thompson. Clay Thompson. Whoa, that's crazy. That is crazy. I, I think you're right. Yeah, it's insane. Because the first time they played, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I think the projections, I think Vegas have them, I think at 66, I think that's right. I like that. I think that's um, I think that's that's good for them. That's a good number. They could go over um, easy. Because when you have I – like I like what you're saying, B. I, I like Kerr resting them, and I can definitely see them uh, doing that. When you got – Four guys like that, yep. it's easy to rest Curry when you have Durant. It's easy to rest Durant when you still have the other big three. It's easy to rest Draymond Green when you have Durant. It's easy to rest. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. easy to give these guys days off because you got Durant. You have, there's so many, you were winning games without Durant. And now you can plug and play so many pieces, man. Like, they don't have to play everybody every single game. And they'll probably still win. And that's what makes this thing crazy. Now, we'll say, and I don't know who can beat them in the West just yet. I still got to look. Um, but 53, 53 points. And, you know, we have some guys that were playing that may not make the team. I get all that. But, God. Hey, I'm like this. This might be a boring season because we've already been through. Right, right, right. Yeah, the 73 is like nobody. I don't want to really sit through that again to see them try to win 74 when not when they're not even trying to win 74. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you have the record, why you need to break the record you already own? Like, are you that competitive? Nah. After what happened to them, I'm, I'm with B. They want the chip, and they're gonna do whatever they can to get that chip. And if that includes getting to the playoffs as the first seed by winning, you know, by one game over the second seed, they'll do that. Um, so uh, I like 66. I think that's good. I can see them winning anywhere from 66 to 68 um, just off the strength that KD is there. They, I mean, you won 73 with freaking Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's it's. I, I actually watched the game last night because I wasn't nothing else on TV. Um, it was crazy because they looked like they were. They looked like they had just picked up after last season. Like there, there was no rust. And I and I trust me, I, I understand that there'll be, there's going to be games where there's going to be off shooting nights. Um, like you said, Clay dropped twenty four, like twenty one. In 
I think it was 21 minutes. He, he dropped like 30 points or whatever, how many points he had. Um, Durant had like 21, seven and six and three steals or something. Like it was just, the numbers were crazy. They were very, Steph had 14, but it was like the most quiet 14 you ever want to see. Um, and again, it was the Clippers, but now the caveat is the Clippers were playing their starters and they played their starters most of up until like midway to third quarter. Um, and again, it's preseason, so it's not really much to make of it. But to answer the question, when 65, uh, Steve Kerr's already said going for 74 is is not in their their thought process. He was like, he he almost like borderline was getting ready to cuss the reporter out for asking mm. him a question about 74 wins. Mm. Um, he, that I think, and they'll they may not ever admit it, but I mean, we talked about it on this show. I think you know going for 73 hurt them in the long run because they, they, you know, they, it broke them down and we saw, you know, Steph was banged up. And then, and again, that's, I'm not making any excuses. LeBron and the Cavs won the championship fair and square. And they, they were the ones that rallied from three, one. Um, but I think that stuck in their crawl. And Ken, you said the same thing I was thinking last night, like, damn, do I really want to sit through this <laughs> the whole season? Like yeah. I really wish I could just push the fast forward button and get to the playoffs because Honestly, there's not. I mean, with with especially with KD coming to Golden State, there's really no. I mean, like, of course, yeah. When we see Oklahoma City play against Golden State, yeah, we want to see how KD and Russ go at each other, whatever, like that. But outside of that, I mean, there's really no. <laughs> watching them play against Cleveland, yeah, I would want to see that. But I'm saying, like, and we've already we've. We've seen this movie before, you know, like we're just ready to get to the credits. We're ready to get, get to the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, they, they look, and again, I, I'll preface it by saying it's preseason, but they look scary. I mean, like it was, it was effortlessly having KD and he made some comments that I thought was interesting. He said something referencing about, you know, just playing and just having fun. And he said, it's just a different style he's got to get used to. And <laughs> Personally, I kind of took it as shade toward OKC. I don't know if Russ took it toward as shade, but that's just me kind of reading between the lines. But um, and I don't have—I'm sorry—I don't have the quote in front of me. But he, you know, it was. If, if I'm KD, I'm I'm not answering any questions about you know. Oklahoma right. City, and I know mm-hmm. that the, he, that he's going to get questions about it, but you can't win, and that's why I think you know you you can't answer those questions because. Nothing that you say is going. Everything that you say is going to be misconstrued. Even on Golden, I mean on 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 OKC, and so no, nah, I wouldn't do it. But um, yeah, man, I'm. I really wish. And again, there's going to be some great games in between there. But I really wish we could push the fast forward button because, out of especially if you have the uh, NBA ticket, there's going to be a lot of West Coast blowouts, man. A lot of West Coast mm-hmm. because this that team is scary, man. They are scary. And even Draymond looked like he lost some weight too. Oh snap! <laughs> well, you know he can't—he can't be out here kicking people this year. So you know he's got to get his—he got to get his weight down, I guess. His feet. <laughs> yeah, he got a target on him too. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, and um, so it's—it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but yeah, and, and again, like I said, it's preseason, but. Look scary. Um, real quick, quick question about another team. Um, <laughs> and I saw somebody mention in the chat room, uh, the Knicks. 
as we all know, is having a is undergoing a um, a trial uh, for a civil trial against a rape accusation. Um, do you think that that's going to affect uh, his play and as well as the Knicks? B, I'll start with you. What was that question again? Um, Derrick Rose's case, uh, his civil trial. Do you think that's going to affect his play as well as the Knicks? Ooh, that's a good. That's a good question. Um, ooh, is it going to affect his play? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it would affect it because I'm pretty sure he's focused as a ball player. I'm pretty sure he's focused on trying to have you know. This is bounce back. This is his, this is like his second his career second chance. You left Chicago. This is a, a chance of a a second second breed of life, <laughs> you know, in New York Knicks mm-hmm. to kind of start that. This I guess what we call it his second half of his career. This is how he's gonna finish his career, and he wants to kind of go into it starting off good, being on a good rapport with the coaches and the rest of the teammates and everything. So I I would you would think just as a human being and as someone that's playing ball, if I'm going into the season with some personal issues going on right now, I would try to use my, you know, playing basketball as like my, my scapegoat. Like you just like just to try to get away. Kind of the same thing what Kobe was doing when he was going through his issues in Colorado. Like he was still balling. He was still, Kobe was being Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like he was still balling and everything. Balling. So like that didn't affect his, that didn't affect his play at all. What's so funny, Ken? Uh, me being immature. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it didn't affect his play, you know, it didn't affect his play at all. So you would think for Derrick Rose, he should be even more focused than ever going into this season. But, you know, people handle personal stuff different. Maybe it might affect them. <clears throat> right. It might not. I, I, I wouldn't think it should affect them. You got, you got you playing with another, you know, superstar in Carmelo Anthony. You got a new up-and-coming young second-year guy in uh, Porzingis. Did I, did I say his name right? Hope I didn't butcher. Yeah, that. but um, yeah, him. You know, so like I say, new city, everything. So hopefully he's he has a clear mind or somewhat of a clear mind going into this season. We're leaving those kind of handle the personal stuff when you off the court, but when you on the court, when you in here battling, focus on that and trying to do, try to make be successful as a Nick player as possible. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Um. How do you think this will affect this? This trial will affect Rose or the Knicks, uh, if at all. I, I think he'll be fine, man. Derrick Rose doesn't strike me as the type of person to let stuff like that bother him. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, you know, and especially, I mean, he's maintaining his innocence, um, mm-hmm. and as long as he really feels like he's innocent, he he he, does, he can care less. Was he, he? You know, he knows and feels that he's going to get get off. And at that point, you just let the course decide on what's what. Now, you know, if there's a chance that he may be guilty and he thinks he's guilty, we'll see it manifest on the court. Because all of a sudden, when you're going through the, the, the evidence and you're talking to school with your lawyers and stuff like that, you know, as things start to get real, his, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, service time or whatever, it's going to affect you on the court. Um so, if Derrick Rose starts to suck, that may be telling us something. But for right now, I think mm-hmm. he, I think he'll be fine, man. Um, he's Derrick Rose lives life according to Derrick Rose. He say he says things that 
are not necessarily PC. Like he said a couple of questionable things, you know, in the past that people have jumped on him for, but he is who he is and he's comfortable with that. And I think because he's comfortable with being who he is, regardless of what the outside critics say about him, I don't think this trial will affect him uh, on the court at all. I'm I'm totally with B. I think B put it perfectly that that's a good way for him to escape from everything that's going on um, outside of that. So I think he'd be fine. And I think Kobe was the perfect example. Um, because Kobe, if, if you guys remember, Kobe was like this golden boy. He right. had no tattoos. You know, he, you know, he, everybody loved him. And as soon as Kobe got caught up, <laughs> he got tattooed up. He had a little Batman. Kobe, Kobe life changed because man, if you really want to look at it, he he no longer had an image to maintain because that was pretty much gone anyway. Um, because of that. So he was like, man, I could, I could be who I am. And he became Kobe. And, you know, that was that. So, um, and you know what? I, I was, I was cool with it. Um, but anyway, I think Derek Rose will be fine. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. I, I think there's a great comparison with Kobe. I think Kobe, Kobe was really, really trying to be like Mike. And then he realized after all of that, he, he just had to be Kobe. And, you know, I, I don't think, I think where some of the differences are is that Kobe catered to public opinion. I don't think Derrick Rose cares what what people think about him publicly, um, as long as he has the love and respect from his teammates and and his friends and family. Um, in this, this case, a little bit different because it's a civil case. Uh, they have launched a criminal investigation, but I don't know that criminal charges. This his accuser is suing for twenty one million dollars, so uh, he's trying to protect his pockets, not necessarily. Yeah, twenty one mil. Um, that would affect my play on court. Never mind. I, <laughs> I will, you know, money, man. You messing with my money. I, I, I will <laughs> say this much, man. If you get a chance, a chance, go, go, go and read the, the, the testimony. Um, I, I'll put it like this. I don't know who Derek Rose is, who's representing him, but they should have never let him speak. And if he's guilty of what is being charged, what if he's guilty of what he's being accused of, then he's gonna be broke. Cause if he's guilty of that, not only is he a dummy, but he's about to be a broke dummy. Um, but just read and kind of decide for yourself. Um, and, and and keep in mind also in a civil trial, you don't need you know you don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, you just have to uh, prove doubt. Dang. You know, so it's a little bit different. He's not trying to keep himself out of jail. Man, uh, then I got the brother caught up, man. Y'all got it, man. Come on, bro. Y'all, man. But, but Kent, Kent, I'm telling you, when you when you get it, when you get a minute, read it. You, the testimony will make you sick. Like you'll be like, man, you you did what? I mean, it just based on what he's accused of. And again, I can't. I don't know if he's. We. I wasn't there, so I can't say whether or not he did or he didn't do it. Based on what he's, if you, if you just read what he's accused of, you say to yourself, you know what, if you really did this, you are an asshole. Like you, I mean, like, cause there's no, just read the testimony. If you get a chance, read it. It's all on, on, um, online. Um, Damn. but, uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but it does not, it does not paint Derrick Rose nor his homeboys in a, a positive light at all. Um, 
And some people say that this is a money grab and she's, you know, she's out for money. And keep in mind that this was his girlfriend, not some chick that he met randomly down the street. This was his girl. And, you know, he was trying to engage in group sex. And, and she has text messages of him asking her for group sex that particular night. Um, but I'll save you guys the details. Just check and read it and kind of judge for yourself. But it's, it's crazy. It is the testimony is crazy. Um, the deposition, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, nonetheless, before we wrap up and get up out of here, um, two quarterbacks, man. Uh, the first quarterback, man, I got a question about B is Geno Smith. Um, Geno Smith, the Jets quarterback, last time we saw him on the field, right before he was uh, about to start, he got punched out by a teammate for owing him $500. Uh, don't know if he ever got the $500 back, but he got punched out, broke his jaw. Geno Smith has not started a game since then. Um, but the guy in front of Geno Smith, a guy by the name of Ryan Fitzpatrick, has thrown nine interceptions over the past two weeks. What is it going to take in New York for Geno Smith to get there on the field if Ryan Fitzpatrick is turning the ball over at this record pace? I mean, he's going to have to keep turning that dang on ball over it for the for – the... <laughs> But, okay, wait a minute. That happened last year, Geno Smith, or it happened this year? No, that happened last year. He was about – remember, he was about to start, and then he got his jaw broken. It's been a year already. They, they brought in Fitzpatrick. Why am I thinking that happened during this preseason? Dang, time go by. Probably because we probably because we haven't talked about Geno Smith since then. <laughs> yeah, I, thought that, I thought that happened earlier this year, man. Um, so, so we got a situation where Fitzpatrick has thrown nine and he threw six. He threw here's the thing, B. He threw six in one game two weeks ago against the Kansas City Chiefs, yep, and he still did not get pulled. So, yeah. at what point does Todd Bowles look over and say, "Hey"? Uh, if if the owner either way we see Geno again, if the owner steps in and be like, "Look, man, you need to, you need to do something. We we can't be keep getting embarrassed. Can't keep getting embarrassed like this. And you're not even least trying to trying out other guys on the sideline to see if they're ready. You know, Geno Smith was supposed he was supposed to be that guy for that franchise until you know those circumstances. But yeah, I think. It, the the owner will have to say GM owner whoever up at the New York Jets organization gonna have to say something because you to the coach because at this point man why why are you still allowed to start after you threw in a, six interceptions in one game like something is not right at that point we like hey man something ain't right bro you need to uh, sit this one out you know do do something and then sometimes that might even motivate the QB you know sometimes in right. cases if you if you bench them. Or bench him for a half, or bench him for a game for two weeks, and then maybe they might start showing some more effort in practice or whatever, and then you might start them, and they might they might kind of turn turn for the better. So at that point, I think you should kind of just be like, look, all right, you do six interceptions. What's their record? I don't even know what's Jets record, but uh, one and three. Yeah, at this point, go ahead and throw Geno in. Just go ahead and throw him in, see if he still got the confidence to try to lead the team. You got the weapons. You got Matt Forte. You got. I think I think Decker's still kind of hurt. I think he was he was hurt. Um, and you got Brandon Marshall. You know you got some weapons to to go to, man. So at this point, I would say try. The owner and GM got to step down and say what's up to the coach and say, hey man, hey bro, you got to play him. You got we got we can't we can't we can't have another five six interception type game for Fitzpatrick right now. He don't seem like his mind is in the game. 
So let's go with it. Let's go with someone else who we can, who we think can at least give us a chance to win. You know. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Um, what is it going to take, man, for Gino to get on the field? <laughs> Fitzpatrick throwing eight interceptions in a game. <laughs> um, Brandon Marshall really believes in him. And we've seen Brandon Marshall go down with the ship before um, with Cutler. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's safe to say that Cutler is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick um, that we've seen. But I I think that with Marshall advocating for Fitz to come back based off the career year he had last year, I think they're going to ride this out, man. And um, I think, I think man, it, it, they have to really, really be in, in a terrible situation for Gino to get on the field. And I think it's probably going to have – Ryan Fitzpatrick will probably have to get hurt um, for him to get on the field. Um, I, I hate that Gino's going out like that because we I still don't think we got a chance to really see him develop or see what he could have been. I think they rushed him out there a little too early. Um, and, of course, we know how things were with Rex anyway um, during that time. Nobody was good. Right. Um, so we really – I think we still don't know what Gino is, but we can make a determination on what he is based on what we've seen. If you want to do that, that's fine. But sometimes it takes quarterbacks to develop. I think if Casey Keenum is on the field, it's a possibility. <laughs> Gino could probably play, especially with a new coach and a new offensive system. So, but as long as Marshall advocated for him, I think Fitzpatrick either had to get hurt or throw eight interceptions in the game. Um, and they just have to be absolutely losing for them to lose faith in him. Um, but I think Fitzpatrick time in New York is done because he hasn't lived. He he hasn't played. Excuse me, he hasn't played well. So if you're thinking about the future and this season is gone, you might as well look to Gino. Or don't they have Bryce Petty? Uh, I think they do. Or one of those guys. Because at that point, if you guys are not winning games, he's playing terrible. There's no way Fitzpatrick's trying to get any money from you, and he's going to go look elsewhere and be a backup, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why he tried to hustle the Jets for the amount of money that he did uh, in the offseason. And why mm-hmm. they were wise to not give him that money. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know what it's going to take for, um, for Geno to start. I think because here's the thing, man. If you throw six interceptions, at some point between maybe four and five, coach should say, hey, you know what, man? Hey, just let's let's go ahead and call it. And, and the crazy thing about it was I think when he threw the six interceptions, uh, the game still was not out of reach. I think they were still only down by like 14 points when he threw like the fourth or fifth interception. But I think at that point you got to just, even if you don't bench him, even if you just bench him for the game, Bench him for the game, let him come over to the sideline, take a look at some things and see what they're doing, so forth and so on, and then keep it moving from there. But, uh, bro, if you can throw nine interceptions in two in two weeks and still have your job, uh, you know, I don't know. That that tells me either and, – and keep in mind, I understand that he makes a lot more money than, than Gino makes – 
So I understand the economic situation part of it. Obviously, if you're paying a player, you want to have him out there. Um, but that being said, if you stink, you stink. <laughs> so I don't see the purpose in trotting him out there. Um, one other quarterback, Anthony Romo. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys reported that they have a projected date of Romo being back um, October 30th. Uh, so, you know, I think Dallas has a couple more games and I think they have a bye. Um, all things considered, Ken, will we see Tony Romo this season? And if he were healthy, would you start him over Dak Prescott based on what you've seen from Dak Prescott? I would just based off experience. Um, okay. and knowing that Romo is probably gonna get hurt and Dak be back on the field anyway. So, um, <laughs> because I think just at that stage of his career, man. Like any hit, I'm putting you down, and um, and Dak has been good, but he's still like he's learning as he go goes along, and you're winning, and you're winning as a team, and he's doing well. Um, I get all that, um, but sometimes depending on the situation you're in, um, I mean, we haven't seen him in in app like he's been in an adverse situation. I think they were down 14, oh, but it was the San Francisco 49ers. Did anybody believe that was really going to stick? You know, and he won without Des Bryant also on the field. So Dak is getting it done, but I think it shows that it's important to have a quality backup. And that's why the Cowboys lost in many games. Part of the reason why the Cowboys lost in many games as they did last year because the backups, they just were not getting it done. Dak is a rookie, and he's getting it done. And maybe they, meaning the coaching staff, learned from last year and managed to make a few corrections. But let's just face it, Dak is just playing better than the guys they had last year anyway. But I think you put Tony Romo back out there because he takes the Cowboys to another level offensively. And as long as you're still running the ball well and you're still playing defense well enough to stay in the games, then you should be fine. But offensively, you can do, I think, a lot a lot more than you can with Dak Prescott just based on Tony Romo being in that system and and being a pro an NFL quarterback, NFL starting quarterback for the number of years that he has been. And then, you know, if he gets hurt or when he gets hurt, you put him back in there and you continue to try to do the thing you're doing. But at least now you know that next year you may not need a quarterback unless somebody falls mm-hmm. you. You know, so you have pieces that you can build around and you can build for the future. Okay. 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 What about you, B? Uh, do you think we've got, Do you think we're going to see Romo? And if healthy, do you think he should start over uh, Dak Prescott? Um, probably not. It depends. It really depends on what Prescott, you know, do leading up. To, if they're you know eight and two or you know nine and two or eight and one, you know, by the time Romo is considered healthy. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm the coach, man, I, I'm 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 still sticking with my because it's what what chance that Romo, what do you got? It's a back injury, right? Yeah. Man, at, at his age, and and you know how tough football is, all it takes is another crack at it. And and plus, please believe if players come out there, they're gonna be going right for that back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right, right. I don't know, man. It just depends on you know what uh, Prescott is doing leading up. So let's say, like I said, by the end of November, you know, how he's looking by the time Thanksgiving comes around. 
uh, I say stick with them. I, I think I just say stick. I say stick with them and let give Romo one more chance going into the next season. And if it ain't looking good, then go with your future. Well, and I also think um, this B, because they're winning and they are three and one, they don't have to rush him out there. So exactly. they can, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They can take another week or so and get him even healthier. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think some of I think it it's probably going to be predicated on where Dallas is when Romo's deemed healthy and able to come back. If let's say he can come, Romo can come back, and Dallas is, I don't know, seven and two. Um, <laughs> I'm probably running with a young boy, <laughs> but I that's just me. Cowboys operate and how Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones feel about. Um, Tony Romo, they're going to put Romo back out there. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, they they could be – they're going to put Romo back out there because they – here's the thing. This the, the way that they look at it as, well, hey, Dak held the fort now. So now we can put Romo in. Now we can really take it to the mm-hmm. next level. Um, and then the only way I could see them pulling Romo is if Romo struggled and then you go back to Dak. But I think Romo will see the field again this year. I think the biggest thing is next year – Tony Romo will not be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He'll either be a back, a high-paid backup, or he won't be a Cowboy at all because Jerry Jones has found himself his next quarterback, and it's Dak Prescott. <laughs> he is Tony Romo is no longer the future. So we'll see how it plays out, man. Um, all right, before we get out of here, we normally do each week. Uh, we do a, a little segment we call One Gotta Go, courtesy of my homeboy, Eclectic. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eclectic with a K, or you can follow him at One, the number one gotta go. But I decided to flip it this week, fellas. Right? All right, so here's what we got. Me and the aforementioned homie, Eclectic, we got together, we got a chance to do a podcast, and we did a podcast that's called The Quintessential Hip-Hop Song. And what it did was in the in the podcast, what we talked about was we picked an artist, a hip hop artist, and we said, if you were introducing someone to this particular artist or group, what song would you play just as an introduction? Like, hey, like this person is dope. Let me give you this is the reason why you need to listen to them, listen to this song. So we did a podcast on that. We talked maybe for about and I'll post it, I'll post it in the chat room as well. Um, the link for the podcast. Um, so it got me to thinking. Instead of doing one guy to go, I'm going to give you guys some MCs, and I want you to give me the quintessential song that you would use that you, if you were introducing this artist to someone. I'm going to give you the artist. You tell me the song that you would play that you would listen to. So Ken, I'll start with you. I'm going to throw you throw you a little fat. Throw you um, easy one. Um, Biggie, if you were if you were introducing Biggie, what's the quintessential song for Biggie for you? Oh man, see, I saw this on Twitter, and I swear I I've been thinking about this because there are so many. Um, God, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Like the this is this is tough, man. Um, it's yeah, it's. 
And what's crazy is we did we did this podcast off the top of our head. We didn't. There was no preparation. We just hit record and just started talking. Well, I'm gonna think, give you mine. I'm gonna give you mine. Mine is unbelievable. It didn't take me long to figure out one for Biggie. Mine is unbelievable. So I'm stuck between like one of my favorite songs, which is which is Warning. Um, okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yes. But I think if I want people to really get the, I think it would be suicidal thoughts. I think it would be really. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot in that song that, like the way the way he just he just comes on, and how dark it is, and and just the way mm. it ended. Like it leaves you wanting more, but you also like, damn, that's mm-hmm. kind of like that's it's such a story. Like if I heard that from somebody, I'm like, yo, I, what else you got? What else you got? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 One. I'm sorry. Um, you said suicidal thoughts. Okay. And for those of you listening, suicidal thoughts is on Biggie's first album. <laughs> uh, B, what about you? You shouldn't have to say that. But I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, B, what about you? You've had some time to think about it. The quintessential yeah, I, I, song for Biggie. I would probably go with Unbelievable as well, too. Because that was, okay. I remember this like this was yesterday. This is when I used to put my little uh, boombox radio in the shower whenever I was taking a shower because I got to have music while I'm taking a shower and all that stuff. So I remember. True. Man. What? What? Man, yo, I thought I was the only one. That's crazy. I got to have music. No, I used to do the same thing. I, mean, I like, used to do the same thing. I, it can. I've been like that since I was a kid, man. Like I always have my. Yeah. So when I'm getting ready to take a shower, I put my sitting in the mm-hmm. boombox right there on the on the, on the uh, sink, right there on the, on the sink. Yeah, and, and your mama tell you not to put it so close so you don't yep, get shot. Tell you not to put it so close. <laughs> yep. So I used to always put it on the sink while I'm taking I used the my same shower. thing. Yeah, t- and I remember this vividly. I remember because I had already heard Juicy, so Juicy was like the introduction. So I remember the radio station okay. at the time I was listening to on on Detroit. Um, they was like, yo, we got this, we got this new Biggie single, something, something, man. You get ready for ready to die. And that joint came on when I heard Unbelievable. I was like, oh, I'm buying this CD. Like at that point, I'm like, man, I'm buying this CD. I'm buying this CD when this album come out. I'm buying this CD. So when I heard Unbelievable, I was right. like, I was like, for one, I was like, damn, because at that time, I'm like, okay, Primo already worked with Nas. That was already like a oh yep, my god. Yep, yep. Because this was we're talking about a time when DJ Premier was only working with Gangstar. Only working with Gangstar. So for him to work with Nas was amazing. Then he did it. I'm like, damn, Primo did. He did a joint for Biggie. And then the way he mixed in that damn R. Kelly, I think that was probably one of the first, if I can remember just vividly, that was one of the first hip-hop records that I heard a, a producer sample an R&B cut into a hip-hop cut. So I was just mm-hmm. like, yo, that's nuts. And you know how Primo always uses scratching for his choruses all the time. Yes, sir. Always. Yeah, always. Man, unbelievable. I gotta go unbelievable, man, because that that what that song is what sold me to where I'm just like, all right, I don't care what else I hear, I'm buying this CD when it comes out. And I remember me and Meech, and my boy Ed, we went to the damn records the uh, music store, and he had brought Spice One, America's Nightmare. Meech brought Mother and I brought um and I brought Ready to Die, Biggie. I remember that, man. I remember it that. Is. It is 94. God, I remember that so vividly. <laughs> 94, 94. Yep. All right, so next one. Um, B, I'm going to come back to you. Uh, Tupac. What's the quintessential mm. song for Tupac? For me, 
It's easy. It's pain. What about you, B? Um, yeah, I think that that was gonna probably be mine too. Pain, or maybe so many tears. Ooh, yes, yes, I yes. I would say pain. Yeah, it's definitely a toss-up between pain. Cause I remember when I first heard pain off the above the rim, man, I was like, "Yo, that mm -hmm. shit, man." Yeah, yep. yeah. On the above the rim soundtrack. Yep. But see, you know, but you know what though? And see, so many. I think I might have to go with so many tears because Tupac just killed it. He was just mm -hmm. so like yeah, mm -hmm. that favorite album against the world from him anyway. But mm -hmm. only thing, the only thing that messed me up with pain. What's the damn feature on there? Because I really wanted Pac to just just ride out on that on that entire song by myself. That was the only, that was one thing that used to frustrate me with, with some of Pac's songs. Was like some of those. I, he probably was one from one of them outlaw dudes. They sometimes they mess the songs up for me. Like give me, like yeah. give me Pac, man. I, you know I'm like dog. That was my only gripe with hit him up. I know I'm getting off subject a little bit, but like. Hit him up. Hit him up was great. And, it's all good. Until the features came on. Once the features came on, right. it like messed it up for me because I don't want it pocked to just ride out on Biggie the entire song, but you added these little right. non-memorable dudes. We don't remember those guys. <laughs> Not at right. all. So that's right, what messed right, me right. up about that. So that's one thing I, I, I used to dislike about Pac songs back in the day was like some of the features he had on there. I'm like, these dudes are terrible. But I might have to go with so many tears because Pac just... Pac really went so personal and so introspective on that. Okay, okay. Ken, what about you, Tupac? Mm. Oh, man, because I love Pac's consciousness, man. Uh, Brenda got a baby. Yeah. Keep your head up. Stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and, and, and I probably would, would maybe go with... with with keep your head up. And, and and part of the reason why is that it was the side of Pac that we forgot about because he was so mired in controversy um, mm -hmm. later on that people really forgot that he was a person of the people. And I think that when people really start to listen to the rest of his stuff, they'll, they'll get a chance to hear all of that. And while I understand that controversy sells and if they – they hear something that, like a Hail Mary, well, not necessarily Hail Mary, but hit them up or whatever, um, I think they will probably want to hear more because I think Hail Mary is, is another good one too. But I think for me, if I wanted to introduce person to Pac, I would probably give him one of his, his, his more more of his, uh, his songs, his conscious songs like Brenda Got a Baby, um, Keep Your Head Up. Uh, um, what's the other one that was on Strictly for My Niggas? It was another one because I remember going to the to, to I know what you're talking about to the, to the uh, skating ring, man, and 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 those songs, man, they were like big at the time. They were really really popular, and um, and they just and, and they had such a positive message to them, and um, it was just always good to hear. So so yeah, man, like there's so many, but um, but I do like that one just because. Of of the positive matches that's in it, um, so I, I think I would go with that man because he got plenty of the, the the other songs that I think that would you know pull people in further. But I would want them to see mm -hmm. and no pop for that too. Okay, okay. Um, what's the quintessential song? 
Ken, I'll come back to you. And I'll, I'll give you mine first, and I'll come back to you. The quintessential song for Jay-Z. Um, it took me a minute when we were doing the podcast to kind of think about it. But I think the quintessential song for me for Jay-Z is Can I Live? Mm. The Evils. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, yes, yes. Mm. Um. Oh, I forgot about the evil. That's good. Yeah, that's that's tough too. Yeah, it's the evil's easy for me. Did it, did I stump you, Ken? But because I love the the the, the friend of foe joints um, that he did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> like that, like the what the the storytelling on that man, and and, and uh, like how you set all that stuff up was just was just kind of crazy. I, I I do like the evil school, um, but I think ah, <laughs> give me I, be represented with the with the Eagles, man. I'm I'm gonna I'm go with, I'm gonna go with, with friend of foe, man. Cause I I just love how he did he. Nope. That, it was just it was just kind of crazy, man. Cause I used to play that that over and over again, man. So um, so yeah, I, I, give me that, man. I, I'm gonna be a little bit different here. All right, so I'm gonna now I'm gonna really take y'all back on this one. Quintessential song, and that this one stumped the hell out of me. Song for Run DMC. For me, Ugh. it took me a minute to figure this one out. I'm gonna say sucker MCs. Uh, uh, run DMC. Wow. Um Yeah, you you you're playing you're playing run DMC for your son. He's never heard him before. What's the quintessential song that you play like, son, you gotta listen to this? Mm. Um, I, I really like this too, Kyle. This this is awesome. Uh, maybe King of Rock. Okay, can't go. Hey, you know what? Um, there's, there's about fifteen different ways you can go with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <King of> <laughs> yeah maybe may, may, maybe King of Rock. Maybe King of Rock. Okay, okay, okay. King of Rock. What about you, B? It is. Uh, <laughs> Nah. <laughs> I'm bugging now. Yeah, this this damn. You got I'm thinking of this shit. You got like toughen and leather, raising hell. Thinking the, the whole tough and leather album could be <laughs> yeah, I know. the whole raise hell album could be on there. You know what? I like I think what was it? Beast to the rhyme. I think that was a joint. Beast to the rhyme, yep. What was that off of tougher than leather? That was yeah. Beast of the Rhymes yeah. on top of the leather. Yeah, Beast of the Rhymes. That was my shit. That was my shit. That was my. Okay. Was okay. Shit. All right. So now, now I'm gonna bring it a little bit forward. Now I'm really about to mess your head up. And we didn't. We didn't even do this one on the podcast. Ken, what's the quintessential song for Kendrick Lamar? Somebody never heard Kendrick Lamar before, and you want to introduce Kendrick Lamar. 
took me about 10 minutes to think about this at work today. Oh, I hate you, man. Wow. <laughs> oh. Rick and Mortis popped in my head first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know there's I know there's another one. I think the one that like when I go back to like overly dedicated, um I don't think I would like I think Michael Jordan was the one that was like, uh, yo, this guy can do it all um, because he can be accessible. He can be deep. But I'm just going off the top of my head. Let me just go with Rick go and Mortis. Let me just go with Rick and Mortis. I'm, I, you had 10 minutes to think about it. <laughs> all right, so but I, I think, I think if, if – because, I, you know, you introduce it to somebody that somebody want to rap, you're like – Listen right. to Rick and Mortis, and you're like, this dude can rap. Right. Or just somebody who's just never heard him before, and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to put you up on game. This dude right here is dope. You need to hear what he's talking about. I want you to listen to this song. Okay, so you say Rick and Mortis. What about you, B? Um, <clears throat> it's a toss-up between Ronald Reagan era and Sing About Me. Oh. Uh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Think, just sing about me, just because I like the way how he tied in, you know, the Keisha song verse from Keisha song that story, and he tied it into that story to sing about me story to mm -hmm. went to the second verse and sing about me. So, dang man, and then they go into uh, dying a third. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with sing about me, man. Dying a third, like I'm gonna have to go with that, like that. Yeah. Cause it shows his great storytelling ability, man. You know, and then just the way right, he, right, right. He tied in both of those songs like that, man. That shit, that shit's crazy. That shit was dope. But yeah, Ronald Reagan okay. era, that's my shit too, though, man. I love this. When shit. I thought about it at work today, I, the first thing that came to my mind was rigor mortis. Um, so I'm gonna stick with rigor mortis, but I mean, I could go like so many different ways. I mean, Poe Man's Dream. What was the other one that just really just kill my head when I heard it. Um, it because I th and the reason why I say rigor mortis is because like that's the, the storytelling aspect of it and you talk about Keisha's song all of that brings it back together and I think that's one of the things that I think that I love about Kendrick Lamar is that he's so crafty with his storytelling and then his voice infliction on rigor mortis is crazy and you know if you listen to, and I've said this before you listen to his albums his, like, if you listen to, and I'm getting off on another tangent, but <laughs> you listen to the last album, his voice does not sound the same on no tracks. Mm. None. None. Go back and listen to it. There's not one track where his voice, his vocal inflection is the same on either track. Crazy. Mm. And there's little stuff like that that I pick up as you still listen to something over a period of time. You know, so that's what I think is, is something that you could pull from, from his album. Um, uh, okay, I got two more written down. Um, what's the quintessential, and this might take a minute, quintessential song for Eminem? Um, this one took me a minute to figure out um, mm -hmm. because Again, we didn't we didn't cover this one on the podcast. Um, 
I have there's a lot of Eminem verses that I love. Um, like the first verse that came to my mind was the uh, verse on Dead Wrong. But honestly, if I go back, if I go to his storytelling, I started just I kept going back to storytelling. So surprisingly, even though it's not his best song, I think the song that if if somebody said they never heard Eminem rhyme before. I would actually want them to listen to, I was going back and forth between Dead Wrong and Stan. Dead Wrong. So I, I'm really going to say Dead song, Wrong. Though, just featuring Eminem. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah, a big song, but, it, but it's his verse. His verse, because I think, first of all, his verse killed Biggie. Um, but I'm going to say his verse on Dead Wrong. But Stan was so incredible. You're going to go by verses? You, why you don't pick them from Renegade if you want to go by verse? Damn, B. <laughs> I, 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 got a, I got a song. I mean, okay, give me your, give me your Miles, Eminem. Give me your Eminem. Miles would be the way I am. I think just because, okay, you know, a lot of this was when he really took off. Like this was after Slim Shady, of course, his debut, and he just like took off, and he started seeing the, the stardom. And I really think, I could be wrong. I really think that stardom was starting to bother him. And you can feel it in that song, the way I am. You can definitely, his aggression, his anger, like, you know, not only he was rapping his ass off, but you can definitely feel the emotions that he was going through just from just from being that stardom, that rap superstar. You know what I'm saying? It, it was almost like he was like kind of low-key telling us he couldn't handle it. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But it, it, he was still successful. He still went out to make Ace right. Loud and the Eminem show and stuff like that. But it was just like, I think, that particular song, I think it was just like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this shit, and I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of tired of it right now, but I'm gonna still push for it because I have a daughter to feed. But yeah, I mm -hmm. think the way I am is definitely. I would probably say that's like that's like one of my favorite M tracks. Okay, like I said, a lot that he was going on at that time. I, you can feel that emotion in that song. What about you, Ken? Quintessential song for Eminem. Kim. Kim. Okay. That. You know, that blew my mind the first time I heard it. Love the, now, don't get me wrong, the way I am, I love that one. Oh my God, dang. Now that now, 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 now I missed it, I'm kind of all twisted up again. Um, <laughs> I love the way I am. I think that was one of the first songs I fell in love with on, on the Marshall Mathers LP. But I think Kim, man, like that beat, the mm -hmm. way he rapped in the story, the aggression. Like the angst that he had, mm -hmm. my God, man! Like, how would you not want to hear more after hearing that song? Yeah, like the yeah. way I am is more about you know you just being who you are and people accepting you for who you are. It's like I am just the way I am, and you know that's just Kim was just like we all knew he he and his baby moms had you know like their issues or whatever based on his music, right? But man, for him to like play that out. In public for all of us, mm -hmm. yo, that that will be the one. That will be the one. <laughs> My man had Dwayne in the chat room said, "Don't be going through it with your girl and listen to Kim." <laughs> <laughs> That's real. It was shout out to Dwayne, man. That's funny. <laughs> oh man, you can't you just took me back. Yeah, you got me rethinking this. Um. Oh, man, that track was crazy. 
right, I got one more. What's the quintessential? B, I'll start with you. Quintessential, and it took me a minute to kind of think about this one too. Quintessential song for Kanye West. Somebody's never heard Kanye rhyme before, and you got to give them something. They say, yo, I heard this dude, you know, I've been listening to, you know, uh, all this trap music all my life. Never heard this Kanye dude before. Um, to show me that this dude got bars. Um, I would probably say crack music. Ooh, ooh, okay. Y'all would probably say crack music because I remember when I when I heard that shit, I was like, "Damn!" Like, it's like he took what Jay said. And Nas, you know, rap game, the crap game, the crap game. It's like he, 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 you, he, it's kind of he, he flipped it and not made it about drugs, but mm-hmm. really made it about music and how, you know, when you hear some great, great music from an artist that you're a fan of, it does become crack to you. Like you, you want more. You know what I'm saying? Ken, you know, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye making out, you want more from them. You want that more mm-hmm. music from that artist that you're a fan of. So yeah, it, it, in a way, it was like, well, damn, that's kind of that's 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 true. You know, you, I'm hearing Jay Dilla beats. I'm like, yo, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. You know what I'm saying? So, it was crack. So it, I, I thought that was a good a good angle that he went with on that song. How he didn't use the like he used like a drug analogy, but not the drug right. analogy per se. It was just like, wow, I, I thought that was dope. I thought that was so yeah, crack music. And that was that was the soulful Kanye back then because late registration. That's my favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kanye West album. If I was to rank my Kanye West albums, late registration is always first for me. So yeah, I had to go crack. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, Kanye. Somebody never heard Kanye before. You want you gonna put him up on Kanye? The first one that popped in my head was uh Jesus Walks, and I'm just kind of I know I know there's another one, um, but I wanted to just. Take a look around here, because give me give me just a second. Uh, right. That one popped in my head. I, I thought that was a good one, but I'm trying to see if there was one off uh, graduation. Hey, Ken, I think- almost, you know, I almost said two words. That was almost going to be another one I was going to pick. That's because Freeway yes. and most uh, Dev, Freeway I, and most Dev and Kanye, they all mashed that shit. Yeah, they all body the track. I would say I'm going to say, you know what, man. I was going one way, and you just you when you said crack music, it took me back to like the first time I heard it, and I wanted to like smash my head up against the wall. <laughs> I'm gonna say crack music, man. I, that joint, man, still like it still take me back to that moment, man. He and he just and I know he's he's in different places in life. I wish Kanye rhymed like that. I think I'm gonna ride out with crack music too, and I, I just wanted to confirm oh, that there wasn't that I wasn't mentioning my style, baby. Y'all just hey man, it. hey man, it's not your style. It's I'm just that's probably because I, I, I damn sure ain't gonna give him anything from uh, 808s and Heartbreaks or Jesus or whatever that crap is. The life of garbage. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would go his earlier work. That's that's oh, when he was like. Raw at his best and really had a lot more to prove. Man, oh man! Shout shout out to everybody in the chat room who were posting their comments and stuff. They, you guys are killing it with the comments. Um, I put the link to the full podcast we did. Like I said, the podcast it's hour and eighteen minutes. Um, if you're watching this after we go off the air, uh, it's 
just go to you can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, and just type in Encyclopedia Hip Hop, and it'll pull up uh, the profile, and you'll see it. It's called the Quintessential Hip Hop Song. Um, and we, we both of he and I have been tweeting it out and stuff like that. You get a chance, like I said, it's an hour and eighteen minutes. Very good podcast, man. We just we just started recording, and we just um, that's what we came up with, and so. We pretty much, you know, just picked MCs and just MCs and groups, and we were going through just off the top of our heads as far as and like some of them really, really stomped the shit out of me because <laughs> again, this is somebody that you're going to introduce to hip hop. So I wanted to kind of switch it up tonight, man. And um, we could have done one guy to go, but I was like, I said, you know, we yet, so I thought it'd be something good. I wish, man, I wish people it'd be good to get his uh, take on some of these too. Um, yeah. So yeah, man. So get a, if you get a chance, check that out as well. Oh yeah, we did. Uh, somebody asked me in the chat room, did we talk Nas? Yeah, we did do Nas. We we just we maybe twenty five MCs. So it's just you have to listen to the podcast to hear it. Um, out of here. Uh, make sure that you guys check. If you're here in the city, check out Dead and Hip Hop. They're gonna be at A three C. What time are you guys going on? It's what two o'clock. Two o'clock. Yeah. Two o'clock. Yep. Yep, at Louder Milk uh, Center in the city of Atlanta, of course. Um, Friday, Friday at two is from two to three. Uh, Ageism in hip hop is a debate. It's the old school versus the new school. Um, that's how we 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 got it set up. So um, yeah, man, it should it should definitely be fun um, and a, a highly spirited debate. Um, so yeah, if you're in town, definitely swing through. Um, also, Kyle, I want to say that I did read uh, some of the disposition from uh, <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah, man. I, I we'll have to talk about it later. I'm sure we will talk about it at some point. But <sighs> yeah, man. That's all I'm gonna it's say. Crazy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope he didn't have anything to do with it, but if he had anything to do with it, he, he's going to be out of money, for mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, again, if you guys are in the, in the city, man, the city of Atlanta, uh, make sure you check out the fellas. The whole crew's going to be there. Recording it, right? Yeah, Rob's yep. going to record it. Okay, cool, cool. So it's going to be the whole crew. Everybody's going to be down there. Uh, A3C, huge uh, hip-hop festivals in town. Get a, if you get a chance, like I said, come down and check it out. It's going to be dope. Um, and as for us, we'll be back next week, same time, same station. We'll be back on Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. And you guys, so we did fantasy tonight, so the, the fantasy show will be back next Wednesday night as well. Yeah. So Wednesday from 8 to 9, 9.30, whatever. So, um, so yeah, man, so that's what we're going to do. Uh as always, man, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We definitely appreciate the love. Uh, make sure that you follow us on all socials. Hit us up. And um, pass the word. Uh, for Ken, for B, for FIFO, in his absence, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. Peace.